0: our passion didn't start with the mouth it started with people with the well-being of the profession and if you're like me maybe a little bit of your nerdiness in all things tech too we all want to love what we do but the truth is burnout people problems and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do so let's get back to the heart of connection welcome to the dental handoff this show is about passing you the knowledge the habits the systems and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on the tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of teeth. And let's get honest, the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner, oh, and uniquely I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hello, all my friends in the world, in the world, I am your hostess, Dr. Kelly Tanner. Welcome to The Dental Handoff. And I have one of my longest-standing dental hygiene friends, Amanda Hill, RDH, with me today. Welcome, Amanda. Well, thank you for having me, Dr. Kelly. Nice to be here. Yeah, thank you. It used to be that I was on her podcast when you had yours, and now I get you get your turn to be on mine. So thanks for being me. The tables are turned. It's only fair play. I, like I know. <laughs> it right? is. It is. yeah. So Amanda, I always like to start by telling our listeners and followers how we know each other. Okay. So Amanda and I have known each other. Do you want to do, how long ago did we graduate? It was a lot of years ago. Yeah. So I Amanda and that. I, I know, don't do math. It'll hurt yeah. you. Math hard. Yeah. So yeah. we, um, we went to dental hygiene school together at Old Dominion University. Yes, and we were in the same classes together. Went through all this hard things. We made it out on the other side. Dental
1: materials. Ooh, uh, dental materials. Oh, remember dental. when that girl threw up in dental materials from when we were doing impressions? Yeah, oh. I think that was my partner. I think it was your partner. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was me who caused that. And we used to run out to the to the um, water fountain to get the coldest water ever, so that that impression material would <laughs> take the longest <laughs> to set up. Oh
0: I forgot about that. Yeah, that was so funny. That's That's such septic technique, isn't it? Oh, Go so to the water fountain for really? algae that you're going to put in somebody's mouth. I mean, we used to drink out of it. Right, right. You know. Okay. Yeah, so it was safe. It was safe. So yeah. we've known each other for um, almost 30 years. And wow, I know. And now it was so funny. I always tell the story about Amanda because in class, she was always very... You know, she was funny and she was jovial and gregarious. And I'm just like, why is she always so happy? And I consider myself a really happy person. And she would just ask the best questions and sit up at the front of the class. And so um, I always kind of knew that Amanda, I didn't know what podcasting was and like KOLs and, you know, influencers were at that time, 30 years ago. It wasn't even a thing but I knew somewhere in some metaverse that Amanda would be an influencer some way in our profession. So yeah, that's how I know Amanda. Is that how you remember it, Amanda? Uh,
1: you know, I, I don't remember the whole like sitting up front. I don't know. I'm just sort of always kind of there like, okay, I got to know the things and I got to follow the rules and, and <laughs> get the gold star because that's how we do it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's definitely, but. Uh, but definitely those hygiene school days, I mean, a, a little, maybe with a little PTSD involved, right? Um, lots of crying. I remember a lot of crying. Um, <laughs> they're still crying. There's, well, they're still crying, but yeah. But there's a <laughs> lot of crying in hygiene school um, and, you know, jockeying for patients and making sure there's always somebody in your chair and cramming for tests. And um, and then you get out and, and you realize like, you know, there's so much of that, that, that probably didn't didn't help us and there's so much that could have helped us had we learned a little bit more about certain things that you know you don't necessarily get in high school
0: yeah well i think what's wild is that i think i uh, you know how we think about things that we just think about we don't know why we think about it it's in context, right? They taught us things out of context sometimes for how we would be prepared. And some years later, I was like, "I'm glad I know that now. Now I know why they taught." Were you like that? Ooh, like, okay. I'm like, I think I know about this. And so it was like two years later, I get to use it. I <laughs> recall that. Yes. <laughs> so Amanda and I found our passion around the same time. Um, Amanda, tell me about your path and why dental hygiene for you.
1: You know, it's funny. When I was 15 years old, I called my pediatric dentist. Um, and I, I called Dr. Kramer and I was like, Hey, Dr. Kramer, are you guys hiring? Cause I thought a job answering the phone sounded really fun because I was a teenager and I was really good at talking on the phone. Uh, cause that's before we had texting. That's when we used to talk on the phone. Um, and so I thought, wow, that'd be a great job. So I went in for an interview and Dr. Kramer interviewed me and he hired me. So I show up after school the next day for my first day on the job and they hand me an apron and I was like, what's, what's the apron for? They're like, oh, you're a dental assistant. And I was like, I thought I was going to answer the phone. Oh, okay. So on the job, trained dental assistant, you know, reaching that bare hand into cold, sterile, not knowing any better, wiping, you know, wiping everything down with an alcohol two by two, because that's what we did back in the day, you know, um, and 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 got into dental assisting uh, in peds and, and actually really liked it. And then I saw what the dental hygienists were doing. They, you know, they worked part-time, they had a family, they had kids. And I was like, Oh, well, that's kind of a cool job. Like I like their work-life balance seemed like it was pretty doable. Um, and so I thought, I think I'll just, I'll, I'll go to hygiene school. That sounds easy. Is what I thought. <laughs> like that sounds easy. <laughs> that I prefer- worked I'm- out. That yeah. worked out. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so I headed off to Old Dominion University. Um, and, and thankfully, while it was not easy, it did turn out to be really just a fantastic career and and i really love how hygiene has changed with my needs mm-hmm. so you know brand new you know out of school was able to you know run right into that full time job you know graduated on a friday started work on a monday actually started dental assisting you had to wait for that license to come through but then as soon as that license came through you know had that you know had that job full time job you know easy peasy wasn't hard to find And then, you know, got married, um, ended up marrying a military guy, moving across the country. I wish that we had better licensure, portability. We're getting there. I think we're getting there. Yeah. But anyway, was able to move to some states very easily and practice dental hygiene, along with having a family, kind of balancing that. So there was points in my career where I was only working two days a month. And I worked from like eight to three, two days a month. But it was great. Like, if you saw my resume, my resume was current. I was still getting fulfilled. You know, I still felt like I had a career when people were like, oh, what do you do? I mean, I don't know. It shouldn't be a stigma, but I didn't I didn't have to go, oh, I don't work, you know, which yeah. in your brain, you're like, uh, yeah, I do work. Okay, two days a month, but I work. Um, yeah. And so I was able to do that kind of as, you know, as my family was growing and I really love that it's been so different. And then now it's a whole new career for me.
0: Yeah. So how did you, so you went from working part-time moving around the country. I remember when, so Amanda lives back in Virginia with me and it's like, now that we're closer, I really never see her It almost less. I
1: see you other places. I just saw you in Orlando. Like I see, I saw you in Louisville. Like I see you at meetings another other yeah, things. It's like, I'm hey, gonna... how come we have to come all the way here to see we, see each okay. other?
0: Yes. Um, so how did you, what, t- talk to us about the transition and why and how it happened? Because as we know, some people are like, how do I do how you do? And sometimes too, it's not so intentional. It just kind of comes out of nowhere
1: yeah. because the timing and opportunity. So tell us your story. So I mean, all, all my career, you know, you go to CE, I'm I'm a huge learner. Like I'm just, you know, this sort of person that always have always wanted to continue to learn. So that's never curious. Yes. curious. curious. Never been an issue. Like at the end of the year counting, like, did I get to 15? Like, did I get my CEUs? Never a problem. Right. And I've always gone to CE's and thought, man, I think I could do that. Like, that would be fun. I would love to like get up and talk. Um, But never having any concept of, how, how did somebody actually get up there? Like, how do you, how does that happen? And and not really thinking much about it. Um, And then one year, so I went, we had moved, we were living in Germany and we moved back to the States. And I actually was living outside the Washington DC area. And then another dental hygiene school friend of ours, Jenny Humbertson, now Jenny Moore Humbertson said, Hey, Amanda, there's this dental conference that's going to be in DC. We should go together. Well, I had never really been to a dental conference before. I had been like early on in my career, my dentist took like the whole team to a couple big conferences, but I hadn't ever been to a dental hygienist conference. And the idea of me spending my own money on something, because that was my boss's job. That wasn't my job to spend money on my career. That was my boss's job to spend money on me. It was his business, right? What did I have to gain by spending money on my business, you know, on myself? Well, I'm so grateful to Jenny that she was like, no, no, it will be great. It'll be really exciting and we'll have fun. I would have never done it if Jenny hadn't said like, let's just do it with me. So I did it more just to spend time with Jenny thinking nothing about career advancement, anything like that. Right. It was just there. So if you've never been to a convention, oh my gosh, spend a couple dollars. I swear to you, it's worth it. Okay. I swear, do it. So anyway, so we go to under one roof, and oh my gosh, it's amazing. Like it, these great courses, you're learning from people, more speakers on stage, like, oh, yeah, she's really good. And oh, mm, she could be a little better. Anyway, but things like that. But you learned, right? So and I'm walking through the exhibit hall. And so I really was spending time kind of each each table. My big thing was my big goal was to pick up a bunch of Proxa brushes because the clinical office I was at, he refused to buy any Proxa brushes. And I was like, I want, Proxa brushes to hand to my patients. So I was like, yeah. that was your goal. Proxa brushes, right? That was like my goal, right? So anyway, I'm talking to each booth and learning and getting samples and kind of understanding what new products are out there and thinking the whole time, like, this is my jam. Like, this is so fun, this exhibit hall floor. So I happened to stop at a booth and I started talking to this beautiful blonde woman at this booth, and it happened to be the dental post booth. And I was talking to her and I was like, hey, my current clinical job, I actually got through Dental Post. And I mentioned how much I loved the site. Super user friendly. It was a great way to search for a job and kind of told her my story um, about having looked for a job first. Like I got back from Europe and I was like, how do you even look for a job? Like, so I got a newspaper. Well, jobs aren't in the newspaper. I might be old. There are still newspapers though. Right. There are still newspapers, but there's no jobs in them. And so then I like made a LinkedIn. I was like, LinkedIn, professional people have a LinkedIn, right? That's it. So I made this LinkedIn. And of course I was getting like headhunter jobs for like a doctor, a nurse. So I'm like, that is not me. I'm a dental hygienist. I want a clinical dental hygiene job. Anyway. So I literally Googled dental hygiene jobs near me. And this dental post happened to pop up. So found my job, started working clinically. Um, so I tell this story to, um, to the, the beautiful blonde at the dental post booth. And it turns out that it's the CEO of dental post. And she and I just end up talking for a long time. And Tanya Lanthier is her name and she's amazing. And at the end of that conversation, she said to me, do you want to work for me? And I was like, sure. Sounds fun. In my head, I'm like, what is she talking about? Like work for her? What does that even mean? But I said, Yes. I said yes. I walked away, called my husband. I was like, hey, honey, I think I just got a job. And he says, Of course you did. <laughs> um, and so a month late, like a couple of weeks later, she and I connected, and and then I got to start working for dental post. And and that job sort of, it was sort of a made-up job to begin with, and we sort of morphed it into things. But that's how you and I actually reconnected, mm-hmm. which was really fun. So my first um, like I was, I was uh had a table at our, our local component meeting. So, you know, I called our local component and I was like, hey. I'm working for dental post Can we have a table, you know? So when you walk into your component meetings, you see, you know, there's somebody at a table, they're trying to get your attention. So I got a table and you happened to be the speaker mm-hmm. uh, that day. And so we like, I think we even walked in together and you were sort of giving me a little, a little career advice, a little information. And, and, and so I got to do that. And then I started doing some speaking for them and I realized, Holy cow, I really like this speaking thing. Like they had a pre pre done ce and so i did their ce for them and, and got to you know start getting out there and doing these things and and with that job and this was really the big thing was i got to start going to all the shows and when you go to the shows and when i say the shows i mean rdh under one roof or adha or the california dental association or the hinman all of these big dental conferences um you just start meeting people. And so I started meeting people and I started just networking and I would collect business cards. Like like everybody I talked to, I'd make sure to get their card. And when I came home from that meeting, I would email them with no agenda just to say, Hey, I really enjoyed meeting with you. I hope our paths cross again, no agenda. Like I'm not trying to pull anything from them, just making those relationships. And through those relationships came opportunities. So Jackie Sanders of RDH Magazine reached out to me. She's like, hey, do you want to write something? In my head, my head is saying, you don't know how to write. You're not a writer. And I, out of my mouth came, sure, I would love to. And I wrote something. And you know what? It was good. I, I wrote it in my own voice. I just wrote what I, what I thought, and it worked out really well. And since then, I've gotten to do a lot more writing. Then I happened to meet Andrew Johnston and Michelle Strange of A Tale of Two Hygienists. And they said, hey, do you want to host a podcast with us? We really like your energy. I was like, in my head, I have no idea how to host a podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what? I said yes. And I figured it out. And so all these really cool opportunities have just sort of come my way by saying yes, when you don't actually know what you're doing. And this is the big secret to life, folks. No one actually knows what they're doing we we, we want to like if, if you are waiting until you have it all figured out you're going to be on your butt on the couch for the rest of your life yep you just have to move forward and maybe it's not right the first time I'm sure that first speaking gig I gave probably wasn't very great but you know what I've gotten better I've gotten more confident I've gotten more excited about it and since then I figured out how to like build my own program which has been amazing. And so really cool opportunities through through a lot of fear. Like you're, you're really, I mean, there's a lot of self-talk going, shut up, you're fine, shut up, you're fine. You can do this, you can do this. For sure. So
0: I mean I remember the multiple times we spoke over COVID, you know, because everybody was connected to everybody. It's just like, how you doing? How you doing? What are you working on? How can we help each other? And I remember you saying, I just keep saying yes to things and I'm loving everything I'm doing. And I never knew I could do this. And I think that that's great advice because we get in, and this is when it became, during this time is when I think people started to discover truly what imposter syndrome was about. I I mean, we all kind of know what it was about for a little while, but you feel like you're not ready yet. You feel like you're not ready to step out and say yes. And it's like, what's it going to hurt if you don't say yes? You know you you've got to say yes unless it doesn't align with what it is you want to do. Absolutely. Then it's a hard no, right? Right. But you said yes. You met a lot of people. You made yourself available. You remained curious. You remained open to those new experiences, and then so from there, you had a podcast. You started writing more. You had a column. What was the name of the column? Well,
1: oh, I still have the column. It's called "Dear Patient," that I write for Dentistry IQ, and it's it's a patient facing column, really trying to you know kind of help patients understand a little bit more about about dentistry. The the you know that some of the nuances. One of my favorites is you know, dear patient, I'm sorry I nagged you about flossing you know, or dear patient, that stuff on your teeth is alive, you know, to to understand some of those nuances. I think we're so rushed in a hygiene appointment. There are so many things that I would love to say. I swear I could spend four hours with a patient and probably never even pick up an instrument. And so, you know, kind of some of those opportunities of the things that we wish we could say to a patient that we hope that they can maybe read and learn before they come in for their visit.
0: Yeah. And then I think too what you're learning, what you shared with me, and what I would like for our learner for our listeners to learn too is that you were also learning how to be an entrepreneur, which was something that is a unique experience because yes. you're here, you're doing these things, and it's like, okay, this is great. And how do I make money at this
1: eventually? Exactly. You yeah. remember that? Oh, absolutely. And 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 understanding that that what you bring to the table, and I sometimes still have Problems with this, and I, maybe all of us will always have problems with this. But what you bring to the table is worth money. Like that, my my opinion or what I have to say, people would actually pay money to hear, which is really a baffling concept because it's just what I know. But it's really interesting when you sit down and you're in a room of, say, marketing executives where nobody is dental. Mm-hmm. and 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 all of a sudden they're saying these things and you're like well guys no that doesn't work for us and they're like wait what why not and then you say these things and they're like oh well we didn't oh we didn't know that and of course you assume everybody knows that cuz right. you only know what you know right and so understanding that really you have a lot more value to bring to situations um but the hard thing is is how do you put a price tag on that and how do you know when to say yes to doing things for free and how do you it, know when to then say, okay, well, this is my fee. Um, and so that's a delicate balance, which each person has to answer that one for themselves. There is no, I think, formula, or at least in my opinion, there's no formula to say, okay, you do three things and then you stop, or you do what, you know, there's no formula. You have to do what's right for you. Right. And then I think I remember <clears throat>
0: that when we spoke and this isn't unique to you, Amanda, I was just, yeah, you know, this is everyone at that, at that time. And a lot of people who I coach and mentor, but it's, um, you know how much do I charge?es so Now that you know your worth, right? You know because all of that was coming along with it, and you realize, oh, people will pay for me to write something. People will pay for me to speak at something. And so it was like, I don't know, you know. And so all of this it, it kind of like goes along with the other thing of I'm worth something. How much am I worth? I'm right. worth something. How much am I worth? How much? Oh, and then you're, there's a lot of self talk that goes on, and then imposter syndrome, and then it's this back and forth inside of yourself and how did you get past that?
1: I, you know, I don't know that I'm 100% still past it, truthfully, Kelly. I, in fact, it's funny. Just this past week, I was invoicing a company. They asked me to write an article. And so I invoiced them for the article. And we hadn't discussed amount prior. And so I invoiced them amount. And they emailed me back. And they're like, um, we would like to pay you three times that amount. And I was like, all right, that's acceptable. <laughs> People,
0: here's words of advice. People want to pay you. People want to
1: pay you for the work that you do, yeah. So, I mean, so still, I will tell you, I'm still not great at that, everyone. um, that I there's still a little bit that's just like, oh, I can do it. It's not a big deal. I can get it done. I can whip out an article, you know, in a couple of hours, um, and then to put a big price tag on it sometimes feels a little, I don't know, greedy, but it's not. And I need to like so I, I don't know that i'm I don't know that I'm one hundred percent there yet, Kelly, but um but i but I'm working on it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, it's progress. I mean, yes. and that's where it's pr- proof is in the progress. And then, you know, it's, it's where you are in this timeline. And then you'll look back even a year from now and say, you remember when we had that conversation? And then now this is my usual. And I think it's happened incrementally over a period of time because I know it's happened for me too. There, there That's a whole other segment of like how to, I, I just, I, I think in general, our profession And some folks in their profession, they think that they're only good at this, or they they it's unique to them. Just like you said, that you thought that everyone knew that. No, it's your context. I mean, you have a ton of experience in a lot of different things, but you just didn't. It just didn't occur to you, right? Right.
1: And then so you went from that, and then where are you now? What are you doing? So now um, in November, I took the job as clinical education manager for Young Innovations, and so. I get to do this really cool thing. I swear I've tricked people into paying me money. But I get to build educational content for clinicians and even for people within just the dental industry. So maybe salespeople that are coming in and don't know anything about dentistry. I get to like give them a little dentistry 101. Um, and so it's, it's really a fun job. And then we sit in marketing meetings and I'm the person saying, oh, no, this is what this is what dental people would say, or this is how we feel about that. Um, in general. And so it's really cool to have that seat at the table and be like, and people like, Oh, you know, and writing it down, like, Oh, you said this, okay, we're writing this down. And you're like, Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So um, I'm absolutely loving it. It's so much fun. I get to go to, you know, I still get to go to conferences, I still get to hop up on stages and speak. And, and, um, and then I still get to do some stuff on the side, like I still get to do some writing and speaking and that kind of stuff, you know, just in my just with my own stuff. So it's, it's a it's a nice balance. I really like. So it sounds like to get to where you were, of course, you, you and I went to school together
0: and then fast forward all those little experiences. And because of your curiosity and openness to learning, you learned all these things that added value to get you where you are today, to be able to write curriculum. Cause would you have thought that a year previous that someone would have asked you that? And how did you know how to, I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but how would you have known how to do that? Unless you thought I can do that. Cause you write courses, right? It's.
1: Yeah, I you just start. It's pretty funny. In fact, I just got a new, I just got a new assignment this morning at work and and I literally texted somebody and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. She's like, I have no what I'm doing either. And I was like, well, we're gonna figure it out together. And that's what you do. I mean, seriously, no idea how to write a curriculum. You know what? You start. You start and think, how would I like this done? Like, how would I like to learn this? What makes sense to me? And you start to write an outline out. And then, oh my gosh, like all of a sudden, I think you hear the word curriculum and you think. That's fancy that needs to be something so fancy and and there's a there's a template and there's a formula and there's a right and a wrong way there actually isn't and and nobody's gonna come behind and grade it
0: oh yeah the red pen
1: right there is no red pen
0: yeah and i I find I found in those collaborations too when you're working with someone it's usually more than not it's like I don't know what it, I can do that I don't I, I know we can get started we can figure it out because everything everything is figure outable but you know, how do you have confidence in yourself to say, yes, I can, because you're, you've been extremely gifted in that area of saying yes. So just get started is what I'm hearing as
1: advice. Mm -hmm. And then what else would you say? I would say just get started, say yes, when you don't know what you're doing. And a big thing, this is a big thing. And I think you, you kind of brought this up, Kelly is understand yourself first. And I actually think that's huge. And I probably should have started with that. But understanding what your strengths are. So take some kind of personality test or some sort of strength finder. I mean, I've done them all. I've done the DISC, and I've done the Enneagram, and I've done the Clifton Strength Finder, and, and I've done the Colby, you know, all of these different assessments. But they really helped me understand kind of where my passion lies. And so that way I was really able to focus on things that really felt right to me. I think, you know, I think we listen to ourselves. You listen to your gut. Yeah. And, and But don't listen to that voice in your head. That's That one is kind of sabotory that tells you you don't know what you're doing. But the one that goes, like the, that initial response, when somebody asks you to do something, you think that sounds exciting. And then two seconds later, the other voice will be like, but you don't know what you're doing. Shh. We, we quiet that one. We listen to the voice that says that sounds exciting. And dig into that excitement and you will figure it out and reach out to other people. That's, I mean, that's why we live in this great community of life that other people are there to kind of help give you some guidance and be like, okay, well, this, have you tried this, this, or this, and then try those things. Don't try to make the other person do it for you. You know, do the work. Don't be afraid to get it wrong. Right. Right.
0: Yep. Just so it's not fear based. It's it's gut feelings. It's knowing that you can stop listening to that little voice in your head that's like, no, you can't. Right. And what I learned from that too, Amanda, is um, through coaching clients is is a lot of times that voice is either your mother or your father. Oh yeah. It's very interesting yeah. how that how that shows up. Yeah. So um, just if you didn't know that, so ask yourself who that voice is. For you, or someone who you were close with, who told you that you could or that you couldn't, because that could voice is also your mother or your father as well, or mm-hmm. someone because that's that's your internal belief system. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm so incredibly proud of you. I always have been, and um I see you just you're you're launching in so many different ways. And these conferences, you know, but it's it's funny because it, it, before it was like, oh, you're just going to party and have fun. It's like, no, this is work. Yeah. It's work. I'm on, you know, and yes, you, yes, you're meeting people and you're making memories and you're learning, but you're also too, I find that if you don't know something, like if I don't know something, I'll say, go ask Amanda.
1: Too, because you learn
0: what people's purpose is, and I'm not going to be the expert in everything. I shouldn't be. No, that's why we have other people in our community and our network. So the more you do that, the more that people can know and can identify your strengths and say, "Oh, Kelly does that, or Amanda does that, or she does that, he does that." Then the more they can refer to you, and it just feeds it. Exactly, exactly,
1: and it just builds your builds your community. I like to say that you know nobody nobody's good at all the things, and and frankly, if you were, nobody would like you. Oh no, kidding! (laughs) So it's much better. We're all know it all. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Nobody likes that person. So no,
0: we we all know that person, right? Who thinks they do? Yeah. So you're now with Young. You're you're um you're doing clinical education and you're writing and you're guest featuring on some podcasts. What else are you up to? You you recently won an
1: award. I did recently win an award. I won the Emerging Infection Control Leader. From OSAP, which was really exciting. So, that stems into my passion for dental unit water lines and suction lines and all things infection control. And so, I was at their annual conference. And yes, I did. I received this cool, it's right here. I got it. That is so cool. Tell it people is. what OSAP is. OSAP is the Organization for Sterilization and Asepsis Prevention, it is the only nonprofit organization centered solely around dental infection control. And their motto is to make every dental visit a safe dental visit. And so they really help you kind of understand all of that rigmarole and all those rules that get confusing. They try to streamline them into one for you.
0: That's so cool that we have one-stop shopping to learn. Absolutely. It all because there's it's ever-changing.
1: It is. It is.
0: And I remember during COVID when you were doing the waterline, you know, the... Does it suck? You know, the, yes. all the curriculum and attending all the courses because that's the way, that's how you improve. That's how you, and, and two, it sounds like that you're saying always continue to learn.
1: Always, always, never stop learning. I, I, never become a knower, always be a learner. Brene Brown says that. And I love that to me. Like th- the minute you think you know all the things, you've lost it. Yeah. Yeah. You're that person. You're yeah. that person. Yeah. And so really just stay in that space of curiosity and learning. And, and that will keep you energetic and engaged. I mean, all of these poor dental professionals that are feeling so burnt out and so tired. And, and I and I wonder if we just have lost our why or lost our purpose or lost our excitement for this ever-changing and growing profession um, that we're in. And so really, if you can continue to dive in and keep learning, keep connecting, you know, with friends and, and making new friends all the time, that's really going to help you avoid that kind of feeling of burnout and help you feel like you're always pushing forward that you're not just scraping.
0: Yeah. That you're contributing to your patient's health, your profession, you personally, your why. Yes. hundred percent. Amanda, thank you so much. Time is just slipped away. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. How do people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Amanda Hill?
1: Well, you are welcome to shoot me an email at amandahillrdh at gmail.com. And I do have a website that I haven't updated in a hot minute. <laughs> Amanda <laughs> Hill, R-D-H dot com. Um and you can certainly find me on social media too. Amanda Hill RDH all over the place. So one stop shop.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again soon where our next meeting may happen. At
1: our next meeting, because it won't happen in the state we
0: live in. (laughs) I know. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for your support. Keep crushing it. Do me a favor, go on to Apple and like this. Give us a five star review because you know how Apple likes our Five stars. stars. We only want five stars. Five stars and keep crushing it and have a great day. Be well. Bye everybody.